Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Happy Monday, Beth. Happy Monday, Christy. How are you? Oh, good. Did your elves come? <sighs> I meant to ask you earlier when we were chatting and I forgot, so I'm just going to ask you now. <laughs> yes, they are here. And they brought advent calendars, right? Like yes. everybody else's daggone elves. They brought advent calendars. Um and the little suitcase, um, and a let- welcome letter. But uh-huh. that, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. these these guys are back. Yeah, <laughs> guess who's back? Back again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you have three, right? Um, three. We have we only two came back this year? Oh, okay. So, um, I I I mean, I don't have an answer as to why, but only two are, have arrived. Well, I can tell you why. Because one elf had to go and become an elf for a younger kid. Right. Maybe it was an elf in training. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The fact that we actually use brain power for this bullcrap every year That's- astonishes me every year. Girl, I was like all in when it first came out. I was like so creative. I did all this awesome stuff. But then now, I mean, I tell you, it has been, it has got to be like 12 years that I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's driving me insane. Yeah. I bought a kit so that I don't have to think about <clears throat> it anymore and it won't be as fun. But, but I will say that, so we had three because I, whatever, I was dumb and, you know, like had one for my first kid. Then when we had a second one, we pulled another one in. And then yeah. I was like, well, now I, we have I have, have three kid. also. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, but the third, <laughs> the third one. So we had the, the our first one's Dexter. Mm-hmm. And he has darker skin. And then our second one is Snowflake. And she also has darker skin. Mm-hmm. And then the third one we got ha- had light skin. Mm-hmm. And I don't think my, I knew that. Yes. Well, because I was trying to make them all different. Right. Because I was like, well, they'll look exactly the same. Like, these two will be twins. If Right. But, but Emery did give me some crap about it because he was kind of like, why do we have a white elf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, randomly all of a sudden. <laughs> so I will say I kicked the white one out this year. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> so... I don't know. I don't know what happened, but Dexter and Snowflake are here. I love that you have an elf named Dexter. Well, that's, that's like because forward thinking. <laughs> we that's when we were into Dexter. That's when hilarious. we got him. <laughs> and we like but did it didn't your kid name him? Oh, yeah, we kind of like name. yeah, we kind of, you know, like what about Dexter? Yeah. Like, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So, anyway, my elves are they're not mine. The elves that live here at my house this month are Charlie, Shimmer, and Mac. Oh, Shimmer. Shimmer. Because <laughs> she used to be into Shimmer and Sean. Right. <laughs> the little mm-hmm. genies. Mm-hmm. That's where that mm-hmm. came from. Well, it's, I mean, it's fun. I love the magic of it all. But it's like literally last night I was in bed half asleep and I was like, they're supposed to come tomorrow. <gasps> I have an alarm on my phone that goes off every night at 9.45 that says, move the damn elves. Okay. I need to do that. All month of December. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel better to curse them a little. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to, mess to see up. that. Yeah. Okay. There's that. What else is going on? Um, well, uh, I would like to say my goodbyes to you because I'm afraid that I might be murdered in the coming <laughs> days. Okay. That's- um, my husband single-handedly signed my death certificate last night when he informed me because we were watching a 48 hours and you know how they always talk about, oh, she lit up the room. She's so great, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, well, crap, man, well, she's dead. So I said, don't ever say anything like that about me. And he's like, what? I talk I talk like that about you every day when I talk about you. Like I tell people <laughs> like, I can't wait for you to meet my wife. Everyone loves her. They want to be her friend, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you just signed my death certificate. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and he's probably like, um, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. He's giving your eulogy, uh-huh. basically. <laughs> basically, I was like, uh, well, actually, he, I think, was more thinking like, you know, there was a time in which you would have thought that was really sweet that I was talking yeah. about. <laughs> and it's true. Any wife would be like, oh, my God, you say that about me? Because it is sweet. It is very it is nice. nice and true also. Shut Although up. I won't say it out loud, I'm just saying. <laughs> Please don't die. See, look, Bye. you know what? Bye, everyone. Just watch out for the life insurance, okay? Uh, there isn't any on me, so if well, that's what I'm saying. If that should come about, okay, you're gonna need to fly here, okay, <laughs> for safety. Right. I will flee. <laughs> I will flee. But I mean, there is a small chance that when you guys hear this. Stop I'm it. Already gone. <laughs> it's not even funny. That is not even funny. <laughs> okay, I know. I'm just kidding. Because it is I'm... true. So it's not yes. funny. <laughs> yes. I will stop now. But anyway, some jaded people. We are. We are. We are. So anyway. Um and you so do that... have permission to tell the truth about me. <laughs> I will when accept... I die. You can be like, yeah. she was in a bad mood sometimes and she just got like really grumpy and yeah. Okay. She hated people, and <laughs> she didn't like leave her house very often, unless forced. And you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> she had road rage. Uh, I'm taking. I'm gonna start smell. taking. I'm gonna start taking notes now, and I'll be like, Wes, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell this. the truth about me. It's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, I mean, do we have anything else, or would you like to just? Get into some. Let's do a crime. All right. I, I mean, I have one for you, and it's pretty sad. So, get oh ready. no! Did she light up a room? Always. Oh. Always. Here we go. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Our friend Stephanie on Instagram suggested this story. It's very personal for her. (laughs) 
So stop laughing. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because I feel like you purposely did not say, okay. I did. We have a listener suggestion. So here's the suggestion. You didn't start it out normally. No, nope, that's fine. I didn't. I specifically wrote it in so that Hi, I would Hi, Stephanie. That. Yes. Thank you, Stephanie. Welcome in. Welcome, Stephanie. This, as I was about to say, is a very personal story for her because she okay. knew the victim in this story oh very my well. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're so sorry, a, Stephanie. We are. We are very sorry. It's a very sad case. I mean, as most of ours are. And so I just hope I do it justice when I tell the okay. story. It's a small town case. And so some of the, well, there's not a lot of information out there in general. I mean, I couldn't even, when I Googled, find, you know how we usually find legacy.com? like the gravestone mm -hmm. where you can find like the birth year and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't mm -hmm. even find that when I was searching. Okay. So this is like super small. Wow. So I gathered as much as I could and I had a lot of help from Stephanie as well. So here we go. Okay. I feel like we're not going to have any fun. No, probably not. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. This is the story of Terry Moore Howie. Okay. Terry was born in the late 1960s. Again, I'm guessing this because I literally took how old she was and the year this happened and I like subtracted. Okay. <laughs> I was like, this is how I know how old she is or what year she Wow. Okay. Um, in Virginia, her mother and grandmother both owned and ran dance studios in Norfolk, Virginia. Yes, I love Norfolk. Yes. So stinking pretty. Terry started dancing at a young age and had her debut on stage at two and a half years old, dancing to itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot, polka dot bikini, which yeah, she did. I was just going to say, basically everyone, I think dances to that. And so even still now, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they still do it. Cause it's so dang cute for the little ones. <laughs> And also older ones, although I don't wear itsy bitsy bikinis. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. It's so much cuter. It's so much Stop cuter. Stop judging me. Stop it. Yeah. I wouldn't look cute in it either. So anyway. <laughs> okay. So Terry had an older sister who also danced, but died in a car accident at the age of 17. And I believe that she may have been like driving home from dance. Oh, Wow. Okay. Dance family. Got it. Total dance family. Terry attended Norview High School in Norfolk, and she was a cheerleader there, which kind of came naturally as a dancer. Mm -hmm. And her mother was also the cheer coach there for many years. I believe this is where Terry met Greg Moore. Again, okay. I don't know for sure, but her and Greg would go on to get married and they had two daughters together. According to those who knew them, they had a great marriage, almost to the point of making you sick. Like that's how great they were. You know, they'd be like, oh, you guys are so sappy and romantic. Mm -hmm. and Kind of like, go get a room somewhere. <laughs> kind of relationship. Okay. They loved each other very much. That's my point. That's very sweet. Unfortunately, 
It is very sweet. Unfortunately, tragedy would strike in April of 1997 when Greg would die in a car accident. And so this hits the family very hard, as as I imagine it would for most families. Terry has to keep on going, though. Life has to keep on going for her kids. So she buys some land in, I'm totally going to butcher this name, by the way. Okay. Pocosin? 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 I don't know it, dude. Okay. Well, it's... (laughs) 45 minutes north of Norfolk, kind of by Newport News, if you know where that is. I do. And I, well, I'm glad you do. I only know that because my college roommate was from Newport News, Virginia. Okay. <laughs> That's the reason I know where that is. But anyway, so this is come, somewhat like a suburb outside of there. So she buys this land. She builds a house for her and her girls. Nice brick home with a pool, swing set in the yard, basketball hoop in the gr- driveway, you know. The great American dream. She also enters into a new relationship with John Edward Howie, known to by most mainly by Jack. So that's how I will refer to him from this point on. Okay. He's a Norfolk police officer. Our listener, Stephanie's father was also a Norfolk police officer and worked with Jack at the time. Okay. The two met because Jack's daughter had taken dance lessons from Terry for years previous when she was working at her mom's dance studio. Okay. So the two, so they had known each other for years because his daughter was taking lessons and then her husband died. And so then they just kind of, I guess, naturally progressed into a relationship somewhat. There wasn't a relationship beforehand. The two fairly quickly got married on June 26, 1998. Now, Greg, if you remember, died in April of 1997. So it's not really long after. I mean, considering, I guess I feel like one year isn't a whole lot of time, but I guess it can be. Well, I don't know. I think it it depends. Yeah, it depends. So it's not a big ceremony. Ceremony. And they just didn't make a big deal out of it. In fact, Jack's brother, one of his brothers, even states that he didn't even know that Jack had gotten remarried again for like a little bit of time. Oh, okay. And, th- and this is Jack's third marriage. Okay. He had two kids from a previous <clears throat> marriage and they had all moved in to Terry's home with her daughters. Okay. Also, sometime in 1998, Jack retired from the police force. And I get the impression that Terry's family wasn't too thrilled about the relationship because it's mentioned in like one article that it had caused a rift. So. Okay. For one reason or another, they're not happy. Whether it's, oh, you moved on too quick or, oh, we don't think he's good enough for you. I don't know. But there's some sort of rift over their relationship. Okay. Excuse me. In January of 2000, Terry obtained a license to open up her own dance studio to teach tap, jazz, modern, and ballet. Okay, so she's great. opening her own up in the small town of Pocosin. <laughs> did you take dance when you were a kid? I did. I did. You did? I, what? Huh? 
Well, I definitely did tap and jazz. <laughs> and there's a chance that I took ballet, like when I was really little, but I, my sister danced for years and years and years and took the same, like she's literally friends with her dance teacher on Facebook now. Okay. And I started there and did not last in that dance studio. And I would like to see the videos and I'm going to go call your mom when we're done here. She, I think has actually sent me some, I might be able to send you some. Oh, but anyway, my goodness. My you sister doing tap is my best life. <laughs> well, I that. definitely <laughs> did like jazz. I remember doing a, um, a, our, one of our re recitals to, um, MC Hammer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can't you touch did. this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Stop it. Can't touch this. Anyway. Um, that was at my next dance studio, but the first dance studio that I went to, that was my sister. So anyway, she was a very serious dancer. Her daughter was a rockette, which I don't know if many people know what rockettes are outside of New York. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. They're on the, I know what they are. Hall. They're rockets. Anyways. Yes. Awesome. I did not last at that dance studio because I was not that serious. I was like, I want to come hang out with my friends and dance. That's all I wanted to do. So, yep. Just sitting here okay. waiting for the video. Yes. I will send it. Anyway, total <laughs> tangent on there, but okay. So Terry <laughs> gets her own license to open up her own studio. She's following in her mother and her grand grandmother's footsteps. And I'm sure it was a dream of hers that she would also try, like, be providing for her family by doing mm -hmm. what she loves. I read so many wonderful things uh, that her students and her parents of the students had to say about her, about just how dedicated she was to them. But Stephanie and her daughter both danced with Terry. So her daughter danced at her studio. Wow. And... Stephanie specifically said that she had so much joy and cared so much for her students. She instilled love for dance in them. Stephanie's daughter specifically adored Terry and always came out of class smiling. And she said, which was huge because as she mentioned, we've all seen like those dance mom <laughs> shows mm -hmm. and whatever. And so, yes. The fact that she loved it and came out smiling was a plus. Yeah. Awesome. Stephanie said that Miss Terry lit up the room and beamed with love and pride for her students. So what a great testimony that Stephanie could give for Miss Terry. What's going to happen to Miss Terry? It's not, it's not going to be good. Okay. But let's, 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 we'll move on with the story. Terry's relationship with Jack was not the happily ever after that she may have been hoping for considering she had the love of her life, Greg. And, you know, just years before Terry and Jack separated in November of 2000. So they got married in 98 and separated mm -hmm. in 2000. Terry filed a divorce complaint asking for an order of protection against Jack who let's remind everyone is a, retired police officer. Okay. She stated incidents of choking, hitting, death threats, adultery, and property damage. Well, police, okay. e mm -hmm. police had responded to dozens of calls to their home in Pocosin. 
parents at the dance academy had their suspicions of abuse, but no one really wanted to ask or intrude on her personal life. Wow. She had come. I know. She had come to class with a black eye and she would just say, oh, I fell down the stairs, you know, whatever. She'd make her excuse. In July of 1999, while driving home from a baseball tournament, Jack had threatened to drive off of a cliff to kill them both. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit much. When Terry tried to discuss this incident with him days later, he threatened to kill her or threatened her with a gun, saying that if they could not resolve their differences with counseling, it would resolve in their deaths. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need some help here. Terry, we do need some help. Terry tried to leave the home with her daughter, with one of her daughters. I don't know. I'm assuming that another one was out, but it said one of her daughters. And Jack had taken her keys and dragged her back into the house and held them both captive. In December of 1999, he choked her. And later that month, he threatened to kill her with his gun again. Stephanie mentioned how much she remembered Terry being scared and would lock the studio doors because Jack would sit in the parking lot. And the next incident I'm about to tell you probably explains that fear as if the previous ones didn't explain it enough. But in May of 2000, he violently pushed her in the parking lot of the dance studio, hit her in the face and threatened to destroy the contents of her home. He was arrested for assault and battery, and a protective order was given. Six months later, he was charged with making threatening calls to her, and another protective order was given, but that one would expire in November of 2002. So it was put in place for a little bit of a time. I'm just assuming that they are put in place for a certain Mm -hmm. time period. Yes. And then they expire, and you'd have to go back and get another one. Yes. In January of 2001, the protective order was dissolved by mutual consent and Jack pled guilty to the assault and was ordered to go to counseling, which apparently he did. And so then they ended up dropping the charges in the end. Okay. Terry also decided to drop the threatening phone call charges as well. So now he has no charges against Yeah. Okay. But, but appears to be making some strides in the right direction, I guess, by going to counseling. Yeah. In the meantime, Terry starts spending time with another man because now she's clearly she's going down the path of divorce. So she's moving on with her life. Mm -hmm. His name is Chris Hawley. Chris is 29 years old. Just to mention 10 years younger than Terry at this time. Okay. Okay. He had grown up in Northern Virginia. He had moved to Newport News in the early 1990s, possibly. Again, I don't have exact dates because things are very vague in this. He had a partner and opened two businesses together. One was a pool company and the other a catering company, from what I understand. So he's doing pretty well for himself at a decent, like a pretty young age. I Mm -hmm. I mean, in my opinion, you've got your own businesses at 29. Mm -hmm. Really before then, because at 29, he's with her, but he's done this all before. Chris was also said to always make time to help his friends no matter what and would visit retirement homes to just cheer up the residents. I mean, oh my gosh. 
come on. Who doesn't want a Chris in their life? I want, I kind of want to be Chris. I want to go to retirement homes and cheer them up. Yeah. Totally seems like an upstanding guy. He's very caring and giving person. And I can see why Terry enjoyed spending time with him. His friends believed he liked Terry a lot and was serious about her because it was mentioned that he had brought her to church and introduced her to his family, which I guess for him was a big deal to do. Okay. On January 23rd, 2001, the Pocosent, Pocosent, I don't know how to say this word. (laughs) We're going to get there. Don't worry. (laughs) Somebody is going to write it. I probably should have asked Stephanie and I didn't. So I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm butchering this. The Pocosin Dance Academy was going to hold their first ever recital, and it was going to be called A Night at the Movies. You know how they always have those themes? So fun. Yes. (laughs) It's fun. On Friday, June 22nd, they had their rehearsal. As all those people who are dancers know, you have to have that, like, hours-long rehearsal the night before Mm -hmm. you sit through an hours-long recital. Yep. Been there. Yep. Stephanie actually sent me pictures from this rehearsal because her daughter was in the recital. Yes. I'm actually posting some because (gasps) one or two, because I got permission from Stephanie to post those. So amazing. Thank you, Stephanie. Wow. Yes. Thank you. There was some other ones, but there's a whole bunch of other kids in there. And I was like, I don't know that I can post those without those people's permission. So can I just want to put the ones that your daughter's in? <laughs> totally. So, super sweet pictures that she shared. After the rehearsal was done, Terry sent her daughters home with their 16-year-old babysitter. She is not named in anything that I find. She was actually asked not to be named when she was interviewed at the time. <laughs> I don't know who she is. Terry needed to stick around and kind of clean up after the rehearsal, make any last minute preparations for the next day. And Chris, Holly, the man that she had been spending time with, was also there helping Terry. And the two also wanted to go, kind of go out after the rehearsal for a little bit. So, which is also why Terry was like, hey, can you take the kids home, hang out with them, put them to bed, maybe, whatever. So, oh. Also, this is random. I had said, not random, but I had said earlier that uh, there seemed to be a rift in Terry's like relationship with the rest of her family because of her relationship with Jack. Mm-hmm. And I, the apparently at the re- rehearsal, this was one of the few times that her entire family had gotten together. So it seemed like maybe things may have been on the mend because she was you know, divorcing Jack and things were kind of getting dissolved with that. So they were all there. Okay. The babysitter, like I mentioned, took Terry's daughters, two daughters home who at the time of this were 10 and five years old. They were sitting in the living room watching a movie when they heard footsteps. At some point, Jack had entered the house and he was carrying a rifle and walked in asking where Terry was and who she was with. Okay. Okay. He tells, he tells the babysitter that he's going to wait there until Terry returns and he's just going to hang out with them. And when they hear my rifle. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm just going to sit here with your rifle, with my rifle and wait for Terry to come back with Chris. Okay. So when he, when he hears the car drive up, 
It's just before midnight. He says to the babysitter, don't do anything stupid or I'll hurt the girls. <sighs> Somehow. I don't know, because I feel like even at my ripe old age of 44, I might not have remained calm in this instance. <laughs> Somehow, this 16-year-old remains calm. And when Jack leaves the room to confront Terry and Chris, she takes, I don't know what phone, if it was a cell phone, if it was a home phone, I don't know what it is. It's kind of not very clear. But she takes the phone and she dials 911 and then shoves it down into the couch cushions immediately. Girl. Right? I feel like mm -hmm. she should be like a true crime podcaster right now. <laughs> so no one could, Jack wouldn't be able to see the phone if he came back in, but the operators could hear them. Mm -hmm. So the 911 operator answers and asks what the nature of the emergency is. They hear silence on the other end. They attempt to ask if they need help. Still silence. But at this point, squad cars are dispatched ASAP because I'm assuming that somehow the location information, they, or they have location information based on where the call was coming from, GPS, somewhat. That's why mm -hmm. I assume it's like a home phone because I feel like mm -hmm. back in 2001, it like was more like a home phone. phone. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Then GPS from a cell phone, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Anyway, so they dispatch immediately, but soon after they heard a quiet voice, just mention the address. Just like all they said was number street name. That's it. Mm -hmm. The operators continuing to assure the caller that, that they're on their way, but clearly they get no response. Soon after that, the operator. Oh my gosh. Thank God for that 911 caller. Cause I feel like we have heard a lot of frustrated 911 callers that are like, excuse me. Hello. Click. Yeah. Are you there? Oh, okay. Not prank call. Click. Right. Well, luckily also the babysitter does like, Hey, you know, not Hey, but address. Here's the address. Mm -hmm. You're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so there's like kind of giving little bit hints of something. Mm -hmm. And then not long after that, they, all they hear is screaming and gunshots mm -hmm. and li a little voice yelling, mommy. <sighs> At this point, the girls are clutching onto their babysitter every time they hear a shot. Again, I said she spoke the address into the home to, for the dispatchers so they know where to send help. And it only takes three minutes for them to respond. To this okay. 911 call. Okay. At this point, Jack is coming out of the house and is mumbling, my wife needs an ambulance. They find Terry lying on the floor of the office. She was brought to the hospital where she died 45 minutes later. <gasps> she had been shot three times in the chest with a 22 caliber rifle. Oh, no. When... More officers arrive on scene. They find Chris in an SUV bleeding mm -hmm. as he had been also shot in the chest. And when he was shot, he had fled to his car, but couldn't do much after that. And also died shortly after that. Once oh, no. 
Earlier that night, parents had collected money to get a bouquet of flowers to give to Terry the next day as, I don't, I mean, I don't know. You're not a dance mom, are you? <laughs> uh, no, but I understand the bouquet of flowers. Yeah. We could give it to the, the teacher on, on the stage mm -hmm. or whatever. So yes. they had collected money to give this to Terry the next day at the recital. And then the next day they called to make it a funeral arrangement flower. Oh my gosh. The recital was canceled. Hundreds of students left to wonder why someone would want to kill their loving dance teacher. Stephanie shared pictures of the outside of the studio, which I will also post of just overflowing flowers out in front of it, in front of the windows, all that. Oh, I'm sorry. Terry was laid to rest several days later where at least 450 people attended. Police sent four motorcycles and three unmarked cars to escort the procession, kind of their way to show respect and somewhat of an apology for the acts of their fellow police officer. I mean, nothing's going to make up for that, but mm. they were just kind of, kind of showing like, uh, we support, we're sorry that this happened. Yeah. Steph, Stephanie's father, our listener who I'd mentioned was a Norfolk police officer with mm -hmm. Jack at one point. She, he was the one that had to call Stephanie the day after the murder and tell her what had happened. Wow. To their loving dance instructor. John Edward Howie was scheduled to go to trial February 3rd, 2003, but instead he took a plea deal. He pled guilty to capital murder, first degree murder, two firearms charges, and three counts of abduction. He because he held the two children and the babysitter mm -hmm. basically captive. Mm -hmm. He received two life sentences plus 23 years without the possibility of parole. And he waived his right to an appeal. Had hmm. he gone to trial, the prosecution would have gone for the death penalty. Yeah. They had eyewitness statements. He was also still at the scene when the police arrived and confessed. They found a letter that he had written to his previous wife indicating that he was going to kill Terry or already had, and he was asking her to take care of their children. Hmm. The defense that this the defense thought this was beneficial because clearly he doesn't, he's not going to die by um, death penalty, but also that he could take care of his children after that, because I'm not really sure why this happened, but he continues to receive his pension from the police force. And I feel like if you're convicted of murder, that maybe you should probably get that taken away from you. Well, yeah, but it's good for the kids because he can continue to support them and provide for them because he's still getting his pension. So that's why the defense thought this was a positive. Oh, that's thing. a real loophole. It is because I'm kind of glad because his children had nothing to do with this. So mm -hmm. I'm glad that they have some support. Sure. But I still feel like you should not still get your pension. I don't know. Uh -huh. Anyway. Interesting. He did make a statement in court saying he was sickened and ashamed by what he had done and had no excuses for it. He apologized to Terry's children, to the babysitter, to the children whose recital was canceled. Apparently his, I know, yeah, right. 
Too little, too late, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. Apparently, his intention was to kill her and then himself, but his gun had jammed before he could shoot himself. Hmm. So now he rots in prison. And wow. I don't know a whole lot about what happened to him because you don't see anything, which I'm glad that when you Google him, you don't see a whole lot about what's going on because that man needs to rot. He took Terry's life away from her children, away from her students, just away from life in general. And And also he traumatized however many people like that's crazy. Yeah. They said that they had um, like counselors set up, I think in a local school like that weekend to help parents help their children process this because I mean, clearly you try and I feel like you try and shelter your kids from some stuff and you might not let them know, but these kids all, however many hundreds, there was like, I think 300 students in her school all went to this rehearsal expecting to do a recital the next day. And all of a sudden that gets canceled and you have to give them a reason why. Mm -hmm. And so now they're faced with dealing with the death of somebody that they adore and love. And Mm -hmm. I could, I can't even imagine. I couldn't imagine even having to broach that subject. But anyway. Wow. Stephanie. Yes, and it's one of our listeners who was like, I mean, involved. I mean, not involved, but yes, involved. Right in there, in the middle of it. Knew the victim. Daughter was one of those students. I just can't, I can't imagine it. I I mean, thank you for trusting us with that story, number one, Stephanie. And thank you for trusting us with, information that you have pictures that you have. And I can't even begin to express that gratefulness to us or to you. So, yeah. And Terry, she sounds like a beautiful person. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. She is definitely a hero and she affected a lot of lives prior to her death. And that's only like a small portion of who she was. And so thank you, Christy, for highlighting the person that she was and the great things that she did. I think you did a great job of doing that. So we appreciate um, being able to be honored with her story because that is awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it came to such a tragic end and, Hope he's getting his. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So, yes. Thank you guys for listening. That was amazing. Christy, good job. Thanks. <laughs> no bad thing. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, good job in highlighting who she was and how amazing she was and all the lives that she affected that was not related to her death because that's what matters. Yeah. I don't know that I could have portrayed it honestly without the help of Stephanie because. Yes. Well, great. Thank you, You know how you read, you read stuff in newspapers and you, and, and you know that this person was loved, but it's like someone's communicating with us right now 
and telling us how much they actually loved, you know, like somebody who actually loved this person and mm-hmm. thought they were amazing is talking to you and not just a newspaper article. So it meant a little bit more, I feel like this time. Yeah. Well, you did a good job of relaying that. She sounds like an awesome lady. And Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your experience with Terry. And we hope you did. we did her proud and you proud and definitely rest in peace because she sounds like an awesome woman. So we love mm-hmm. that. So thank you guys for joining us. Happy Monday. Um, we'll be back at you next Monday for another crime story. And we hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing. Um, come find us on social media. We have a Patreon. If you like what you hear, um, you can come get more. We have some interesting stuff going on over there. So if you want to join us on that, just hit us up. We'll send you some links or you can click the link in our bio. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.